Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Quite a number of you actually did that over the weekend because on Friday's programme I was chatting to parents of children, some people who were dealing with eating disorders because they were taken to the streets of Dublin for a peaceful protest and a march and they're effectively calling for major reforms of eating disorder services and the type of services that we have here, treatment services that we have for people dealing with an eating disorder in Ireland. Sean, you got in touch with me um, after that conversation. Why? Uh, I got in touch with you uh, just to highlight, like, I mean, I'm, I'm 42, 41 years of age and uh, I was an inpatient in a private hospital uh, last year. I, I was uh, diagnosed with, uh, with anorexia nervosa and basically I went in on a Tuesday and I was told I needed to come in as soon as possible that I was, I was uh, very sick. So I was in the hospital by the Sunday and... Up, and I have got massive uh, aftercare since. And I, I, I will say that I, w- I, I would be dead if I hadn't have uh, got the treatment that I needed because nothing was going to stop me doing what I was doing other than getting in to hospital uh, at the time. And a massive part of it is is that aftercare as well. It's that follow-up. It's that kind of maybe community-based type of type of uh, treatment that you might get afterwards. I mean, for me, I'm still under the care of the hospital uh, I was an inpatient, I was on home care, I was on a day programme and I've also been in a compassion-focused therapy for eating disorders group and that in itself has made such a difference. Uh, it's made a massive difference to me and the one difference, there's no difference between me and anyone else. The only difference is that I had private health insurance and the people I've met in there and the people I've met over the last year are all amazing people but they are, it, it, it just ruins people's lives. Uh, you know, you have young people who can't do their leaving cert, can't get their first day in college, they can't even go to their debs. It's putting their whole life on hold and uh it's just it's just not right. It's very makes me very emotional when I hear about it because mm-hmm. uh these people like it's just so wrong. Uh, they deserve the, they deserve the care. Just before you tell us a little bit more, maybe about your um your own care that you received, Sean, had you been dealing with this Throughout your your lifetime, or, or was it? Did you say it was uh, at forty one that you were diagnosed? No, no. Like I suppose most of my life, I've had issues around food, but in the last ten years or so, uh, it really got bad and uh, kind of escalated a lot. And I suppose before you know it, you know you kind of go through a stage where you're thinking, "Look, I can do this. I can, I can stop this any time." And then you, before you know it, you're in a state where you know you can't do anything about it. And you're slowly, basically, from in my case, I was slowly killing myself, and that's that's what I was. And anyone who's listening who knows what it's like to have an eating disorder, it takes everything from you. Nothing else matters in your life, uh, and it just drives and drives at you, and it you turns you into a zombie, basically. I mean, I was at the point where I couldn't walk upstairs, I couldn't do anything, and uh, I was just so lucky to get where I was. I said in the last ten years, it escalated into when last year I ended up in. It's actually this day last year I ended up in. I, I kind of knew at the time when I went in, I was really, really sick. And when I got the diagnosis, I knew. But when you're told at that point where, look, you need to come in straight away. Uh, uh, and that's where it's kind of a shock. And as I said, I'm married with four kids. So, uh, you know, it's 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 been on and off. My wife did twig this couple three years ago. I had gone to the GP at that point, but I hadn't admitted it to myself. And the GP was kind of like, oh, no, there's nothing. Uh, you know, it's just me being healthy. So, um she always knew 
and again the support she got you know there's no support for carers either because I mean carers go through a certain <laughs> a different type of trauma yeah. than a person with an eating disorder um, and like we have body wise and, and, and she did a pillar program with, with them and stuff but you know, it's just the whole system is just, and I've heard some horror stories of why people get treated and, you know, it does kill people. It ruins their lives. And when you hear about the amount of money being thrown about for certain things, being uh, companies being bailed out and different things, you kind of have to look at it and you have to say, this amount of money that's been spent on these things, why can't they just do it to help people? Because these people deserve it. And I don't know whether they haven't gone in and they haven't looked at how it affects people, but... Uh, it's just really, really, it really upsets me to be honest with you. Because yeah. as I said, the people I've met are just—they're incredible. They're, they were incredible people, so bright, so much going for them. But this just ruins it, you know. I, I was talking to, um, you know, to, to people on, on the on obviously on Friday's program, Sean, and, and she heard that, and, and one yeah. mother in particular, you know, her story really sticks out because she talked about the impact that this has on on, on not just the person with the eating disorder, but as you said, your wife your kids, the whole family and, and the knock-on and, and that, that can be very difficult for people. Yeah, like I, I know I, I, when I read that story first, I actually cried. I actually cried. Um, like it's uh, like I'm said, I'm in the 40s now and I for the first time this year is the first time I have ever eaten out with my kids in a restaurant but all my family in a restaurant, you know. So it's little things like that and I, I am where I am because of the care I've gotten because I don't think there's a day or week gone by in the last year where I haven't been in touch with them or they, the hospital haven't been on to me and I, I, no, I believe we can get better people with eating disorders can get better but they need the help and it's, it's, it's you know it's about getting I, I was lucky in the group it's about getting down to what the cause of it is it's not like you know there's always a cause there's a deep down cause somewhere with me I'm nearly there with finding out I have a good idea kind of of what it is but that's only through the day compassionate focused therapy for eating disorders that I got. It's intense, but that held me to where I am at the moment. And for the first time in my life, I don't hate myself. I went through my whole life hating myself. And for the first time, I don't hate myself. And I have confidence in myself. Mm. And that is a major, a major drive for me because having an eating disorder and dealing with it on day to day, every second of the day, it, it's hell, to be honest with you. It's yeah, pure hell. And uh Something needs to change. Very really life does. consuming as well. And and it's not easy, Sean, either to, you know, I, I appreciate you, you sending in the email um, over the weekend and, 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 you know, coming on the programme today to talk about it because it's not an easy, it's not an easy thing to chat about for a lot of people. And I, 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 I do appreciate that. Dee is with us as well, Sean. Dee, because you're, you're listening to Sean here this afternoon. Um, what's your experience, Dee? Hi, Andrea. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Um yeah, and I've been listening to you. You've been talking about it quite a lot over the last while, and it's something that, that needs to be talked about more, I think. Um, I suppose my experience is that I had an eating disorder for... I've had it for a long, long, long time since I was probably in my teens. And um, I guess what I'd like to talk about is coming from the perspective of the, as a, a mother of being pregnant with an eating disorder, which is something that, you know, isn't really talked about. Um so did you go through um, your diagnosis and, and, and even treatment at, at any point, Dee, before? I did. I did. I went in when I was, um, I suppose my eldest now, she's nearly 18, but when she was two, I was an inpatient in the hospital uh, for a while. And that actually was really, was great. Um, but I, you know, when I came out, I knew, because it's quite a, it's quite a, 
intense environment when yeah. you're an inpatient, you know, and it's not really like living in the real world and you really have to put things in place for yourself. So I, I when you come out and so I had a fantastic psychotherapist I went to see and I was lucky um, that I, you know, again, you've talked about this over the last while, so many people, you know, there are no beds, there just are no beds. And if you can't afford private treatment, then really there is nowhere to go. Um, I know I heard a lady speaking about her daughter, her daughter had to go to the UK, I think. Yeah, and she's the still there, still there. Dreadful, yeah. absolutely dreadful. I mean, that's just an awful state of affairs. But yeah, I guess I suppose for me, having, I have three children and going through all that, because I suppose your main focus on having an eating disorder, or in my case, anorexia, was that you want to be the smallest you can be. And you can't be that when you're pregnant. <laughs> you know, that's just not the way it works. Um, and that was incredibly difficult. Um, and the aftermath as well, having the baby and then, you know, obviously not being what you were before. And I found that incredibly mentally hard um, throughout the whole nine months of each of my each of my pregnancies. Um, but yeah, just something that I wanted to wanted to, to say. It. Yeah. And, and because you were obviously um, no longer an inpatient at the time when mm. you were pregnant, is it just that the... The supports that you you needed, Dee, they just they weren't weren't available. Is they just weren't there? I mean, even going to my obstetrician, you know, having the kids and everything, it was just, you know, it was always like, oh, you're very neat and you're very small, aren't you lucky? I mean, it just wasn't, it just wasn't even flagged. Even my the doctors, like, it was just, you know, even though I, they knew my history, they knew everything, there was no support there whatsoever. Um, you know, and it was just, it was a very very difficult time. Um, you know, so um. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you get pregnant and people say, don't drink, don't smoke, don't, you know, do the best thing you can do, which is what every pregnant woman wants to to do and, and do the best for her, her baby. But it's incredibly difficult when you've an eating disorder because you don't suddenly turn around one morning and go, right, I'm going to eat properly now mm. or normal or whatever that is. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very hard. Um, and I even inquired about meetings and things like that. And they said, oh, we don't do anything specific, you know, around pregnant women. Now, that was, again, that was, a good few years ago, maybe that's changed. But um, yeah, I just think things like like all your other callers are saying, things have to massively change. It is crazy. I mean, the money the government have allocated has been rerouted to other things that haven't been spent on eating disorders. Um, I recently had a little bit of a relapse there last year and I rang a facility just okay. to see if I could maybe go as a day patient or, you know, whatever. And they asked, you know, what was your weight? What was whatever? Um and the weight I was, I wasn't deemed in inverted commas sick enough. My BMI wasn't low enough. And I just was, you know, on the phone to the nurse on the phone saying, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to just get sicker so yeah. you can treat me? Like what, like if I had cancer, stage one cancer, I don't know, breast cancer or something. A doctor yeah. wouldn't tell me to come back. Come back to me when it's stage three, when you're really ill and then I'll treat you. You know, when things get chronic, especially with eating disorders, it is so difficult to turn that corner and get back to health, you know. I, I, I mean, I, 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 w- I would have thought that particularly, Dee, because you, as you say, you, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd stayed as an inpatient. You'd been an inpatient before. I know maybe mm. it wasn't the same um, in the same hospital or the same facility. But I mean, I would no. have thought that when you say you're somebody who's gone through this, you've lived with this for a number mm. of years... Um, yeah. you're acknowledging that, you know, you're you're going through a bit of a relapse and you're looking actively for help. Yeah, because I, mean, I, yeah, I knew I didn't want to get to that point that yeah. I was really, really, really ill again. I knew I was going down, I was going down that rabbit hole again and I wanted to get the proper help and I was just told I wasn't, I wasn't ill enough. <laughs> 
which I just find bizarre. Yeah, well, it is. It 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 is bizarre, and I I I would love to know what, if any, what is the the, you know the the medical rationale for that. Like, as you Mm. say, you're not going to. The last thing you need to do or want to do is 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 to relapse any further, and um, particularly when you're yeah. you're there seeking help. What did yeah. you do? I just took it upon myself, and I have an amazing my, my husband's incredibly supportive, and I have um, I have somebody I go see once 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 a week, sometimes every two weeks, and I just talked it out, and I just put the effort in, and just got the head down. And I know that sounds easy, but it's not. But I just knew that I couldn't go back to where I was. I just couldn't do it um, because, yeah, uh, I'm in my 40s now and I just said, I can't, I can't go back there. I just can't go back there. But I presume that was a private, hard. That was, that's something you're doing privately, do you, is it? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, but again, you know, you like, again, I'm, I'm lucky I can do that. So many people, I mean, it's so expensive, yeah. you know, to get sessions, to go and see somebody. It's really, really expensive. And, like I, I was in hospital when I was in hospital with people who were there for maybe a month, two months, and then couldn't afford to pay the rest of the the, the, the treatment program that we were on and had to go home. And they weren't ready to go home. They absolutely weren't ready to go home. They needed to finish it out. They needed the aftercare. They needed the help. But that's unfortunately the, the way it is in this country. And it's just disgraceful. You know, I think um, that was, that was the point, Sean, that that you were making. You know, in in many ways, you had as positive an experience as uh, as you can have. But again, you obviously went through the system privately. Yeah, I, I went through the system privately, and like being honest, I, sometimes I feel guilty that like I, I got the care and I'm getting the care because, um, as Steve was saying there, like it is it isn't easy what she did going and and she said getting her head down like it, it's so hard like and and fair play to you because like i i wouldn't have been able to do it uh, as i said i wouldn't have been able to to get continue on if i hadn't have been stopped and as i said i i, I would i would i would have been dead like because i i'd hit a phase in my mind that i was just completely gone and uh, i had to be able it was all private and even down to like the therapist that kind of said look you need to go in you need to get help that was again. That was private. That was health insurance covered that, and they've covered everything since. Uh, you know what I mean? I haven't had to pay anything for it. So I just it's, frustra- it's frustrating. Like you know, I'm no I'm no better than anyone else. And uh, you know, the where and I, I've experienced people also again, and they ran out of mm. uh, insurance and, and and they had to had to have to leave. And again, you're an inpatient. It's just mm. stabilising you really. You know, you need the follow up care. We need you know, you need to have a team with you all the way because. Yeah. It's lonely. It's very lonely. And when you come out of being an impatient, it's actually the worst time because you've been in that place yeah. for so long. And you, it's really frightening coming out. So, uh, like, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know whether to, they don't understand the the, the governments who, uh, you know, they, they, they don't really understand it. They don't see what it does to people. But, um, you know, it's it's just, it needs to it needs to be addressed. And it's so, I'm so glad it is being on the airwaves a lot more. Okay. But it's just, it's just something, hopefully, you yeah. know, that we can keep going. Uh, well, I, I, I want to thank you both, uh, Sean and, uh, and Dee, for, for getting in touch and sharing your, your stories with us. The email address is lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.